0: Thank you very, very much for joining us today. I'm James Rasmus from Tech Central, and I is the Senior Vice President of Content Strategy and an Evangelist at Know Before Africa. And today, quite specifically, we're gonna talk about cybersecurity, but a different angle on cybersecurity. We're not so much gonna talk about the details and the implications and the risks involved in cybersecurity, as much as we're gonna talk about what you can do to be involved with and help the advancement of cybersecurity. There's a lot to be spoken about. So I'm going to hand straight over to Anna, please.
1: Thanks so much, James. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Lovely to have you. So, Anna, can you tell us a
0: bit more (laughs) about what the plans are and what before are doing, no, before quite specifically around identifying opportunities in the market for potential hires?
1: Yes, yeah, so maybe quickly to you know know before is a company that specializes in security awareness and training and helping companies to build their security culture. And one of the things that we are also quite passionate about is obviously having a a positive culture internally, but then also helping in the various regions where we operate, Africa being one of them, seeing how we can make a difference in terms of particularly women and technology and bringing in more youth into the cybersecurity market. It's an area where on a global scale, not just in South Africa or in Africa, we have massive opportunities in terms of vacancies that can't be filled we can't find the skills anywhere we need to upskill more which in some way i mean it's obviously a challenge but it's also an opportunity if we consider that we have a large youth unemployment in south africa and other areas on the continent
0: so the opportunity you talk about and the skills gap you talk about is because of a lack of skills in the market or an increase in attacks and cyber attacks
1: I think it's a bit of both. So when I started in cyber security, which is 20 years ago, it was really very much a niche market. Uh, we were sort of the oddballs in the office, and there were, you know, like nobody really thought much of it, and it was like a small business unit amongst, let's say, the bigger network integrators or IT solution providers. But over the years, obviously, as we digitized more, as all sorts of sectors have become more cyber dependent, particularly also now driven by the pandemic, that cyber dependency meant that if something goes wrong or if there was an attack, it had bigger or it still has bigger impact on business operations. So that dependency really drives the need for having larger cybersecurity or just in general resilience in place. And when I talk about security, I mean, the old-fashioned way, we never called it cyber back in the day. It was just an information security. And that includes things like availability, so making sure that your networks or your systems are up and available. It includes things like ensuring the confidentiality of the data as well as the integrity, meaning it doesn't get changed or sort of manipulated. And those three pillars really make up traditionally what when we talk about security. And that obviously has a whole lot of sort of pillars underneath that that you can brush with the same cybersecurity, well, brush in a way, yeah.
0: Sure. And what I'm most understanding is that you, know, you might have a information security bcom or a business science degree that doesn't necessarily lend yourself to be the right person to deliver on this need
1: yeah and in fact if you speak to any of the more like the older generation in security none of us have a a master's in cybersecurity or anything that wasn't available back then. So most of us have some sort of funny background. I mean, I did international economics and I fell into it by chance. A lot of my engineering colleagues, they've come from, you know, they've computer science or something like that. But most of the security knowledge you sort of gain through the experience on the job. There's a lot of certificates that you can sign up for or courses, but... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily, and this is what I think is so fascinating about our industry is you don't have to be a cybersecurity expert in order to find a job in cybersecurity because it's so diverse. You know, you could be really into, let's say, data analytics, for example. You can't do that unless you understand, you know, if you also... Look at data integrity and availability. So somehow the security part is actually a prerequisite of whatever you end up doing. And if you can combine your passion for, let's say, again, data analytics, and then you also add in a few security courses or certificates, mm. you become really valuable to the market because you do both. You know, you understand both in an area where there's a need for both. Same goes to with AI or any of the other emerging technologies. Something I generally, I always, when I speak to younger people, I always say, well, look at something that you're good at or interested in, and then combine it with a cybersecurity domain. Because you know, let's say, for example, your background is in psychology and you really enjoy people and all of that. Now, if you then combine that with what we are doing the so security awareness and the security culture side of things, that's really where we need people with those kind of backgrounds. So I think it really lends itself. And unfortunately, a lot of the universities or the youngsters considering a career they they're not necessarily aware that there's such a vast industry with all these different job opportunities you know they just think our security must be a guy with a hoodie and it's ones and zeros but you know it's not It, it couldn't be further from the truth like there's so many different jobs like cloud cloud security for example is huge you know it's one of the biggest areas where people need skills is because everyone is moving into the cloud or is in the cloud and 90% of the breaches or the problems that are happening in the cloud is not because the cloud service provider has been hacked or uh, is insecure. It's because the people who set it up are not adequately skilled and then they misconfigure something, they forget something, they, you know, they just, I don't know, they leave like these uh, buckets up without access control. And that's how data breaches happen. It's in most Human error. Human error. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And this is fascinating. And I'm definitely hearing this from two different angles. I spend a lot of time in training and education and facilitating and coaching. So I'm definitely thinking from a, an employer perspective, but also an employee perspective. And a lot of the people who might be listening to today's call, the topic resonates with them. The risk resonates with them. It's front and center of a lot of the conversations that they're having around the boardroom tables and the water cooler more recently. But they're looking for these new dynamic skills. The employees don't really know necessarily where to find them. They don't necessarily have the resources to find them in order to develop those skills, but they are willing and able and they are self-starters. And I think that's what we need to do is try and marry the two.
1: Yes. And I think it's great that you mentioned that, James, because I think it was in December, we ran a survey across South African corporates or enterprise organizations rather, um, about what type of skills do they particularly need or would they hire junior resources right now from a security point of view and like, you know, I mentioned cloud security, that's one of the areas where there's a huge demand also in sort of threat and analysis or SOC engineers, that kind of thing. Yeah. But what was really interesting is, you know, when we then said, okay, what type of skills or expertise do you require? And then obviously they mentioned a few certificates, but the number one thing that they're looking out for is that self-starter attitude. It's the positive uh, willingness to learn more, that ability to study by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to... Go the extra mile and ask questions, do problem solving. That is more important than the actual experience or the certificate. And if you sure. are interested and curious, and this is, I think, the most important prerequisite is curiosity because you know that field changes all the time and I mean like I said to you before I've been in it for 20 years but I'm still a complete beginner every day I have to learn new things because it changes all the time and if you enjoy that if you enjoy learning then it's such an awesome field to get into and what I would do if I was an employee in a company let's say, and I'm interested in the security space, it sounds cool, but I'm not quite sure where to start. The first thing I would do is go to your IT department and the security department and just speak to them and say, look, I know that you're all fighting fires. Where do you have a gap at the moment? Like, what is it that you're needing most? And yes, I may not have those skills yet, but maybe I can look up on Cyberary. That's a good resource where you can self- you know you do do these courses by self-teaching yourself or udemy Mm. and start skilling yourself up and then showing them that you're interested and maybe even on a voluntary basis get involved and then i'll probably in a few weeks or a few months they will want to hire you because they need the people and they can't find them
0: and that self-starter that self-motivation that initiative is what we need in this space we need someone to say i don't know but i'm willing to find out Because that's arguably arguably one of the strongest skills is that forensic ability and the willingness to investigate. And what I also understand is that there are a lot of people in organizations who are given titles. They then assume that is their only role. But cybersecurity is actually everybody's role.
1: Exactly. Yes. And I mean, that's so true. Like, if we consider that, again, if you look at any form of attack whether it's a data breach whether it's a ransomware or cyber extortion attack the number one way how these guys get in i mean there's three major attack vectors but the one of the top three is consistently the human element so it's through social engineering or hacking the human how initially the criminals or the adversaries get in be that through a phishing email. Lately, what's quite fashionable is they combine a phishing email with a phone call to trick you into handing over your multi-factor authentication or OTP. But it's often targeted at the human, not because the human is the weakest link. That's not it. It's because it's just easier for the criminals to try it that way than try to break through sophisticated technology. So we are the most attacked Vector or the most targeted vector. And because of that, the security teams, you know, yes, they have technology in place that already defends 90% of what's out there. But that last sort of 10% is where we come in as the people and the human firewalls so to speak. And in fact, the other day I spoke with a CISO of one of the bigger retail chains. And we were chatting about making use of the colleagues and employees as an extension of the security team and calling it the human intelligence, because we do have that, you know, rather than artificial intelligence. If everybody could consider how important we are in this chain by defending against these attacks. And use our critical thinking and not clicking on stuff when it comes in, you know, being mindful and not being distracted and all of that, you know, how important it is to actually, this is also, um, I'm jumping now across a little bit, but Mm. this is where digital wellness and general health and wellness and being present and in the moment is so important, not just for your wellness, obviously, but also to keep the company safe or yourself safe from con artists, scammers, cybersecurity attacks, etc. So it's a quite an interesting sort of triangle if you consider that.
0: It is, and it goes back to the word responsibility. And I think we can also learn a lot from each other. You know, you talk about youth, they are perhaps more technically savvy, but not necessarily as precious about their own data as I might be as someone who's not necessarily a youth anymore. But what I might yep. be able to do is look at learning <laughs> from them and mentoring and behaving as a role model but also learning from them at the same time. Because I'm sure we've got a lot of skills to share across the different generations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And being mindful of the different audiences. So if I Mm. do, it's not necessarily age, by the way. It's sometimes even personality traits. You know, there's actually 10% of the population. that doesn't matter whether you're old, young, rich, poor, whatever educational background, 10% of us, are more susceptible to scams in general online and offline and it's just okay. the makeup of our personality traits if you and and uh, I, I can run you through it quickly because it's quite interesting if you highly neurotic mm-hmm. if you low on conscientiousness and low on openness which is openness which is linked to sort of curiosity again if you have that combination you're more likely to fall for pushing attacks or scams and you end up on a suckers list or a chronic scam victim. <laughs> so, well, yeah. It's very
0: interesting you say this and I was fascinated to listen to a webinar of yours recently because a lot of what I heard you talk about in that webinar was behaviors and values. And I'm an agile leadership coach and I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking about agile. And in order to deliver in an agile way, one needs to get your behaviors and values right first. And I think the same applies to cybersecurity, attitude, cognition, yeah. communication. I think one of the other things you mentioned was norms and responsibilities.
1: Yes, exactly. Now, yeah,
0: All of those things are often assumed or perhaps paid a bit of lip service to and just seen as the values of the organization or keywords in a sense of compliance training. But if we can mentor people and actually create role models in organizations to help deliver on this, I think there's a huge market and a gap in the market that's going to be successfully filled and honored by the unemployment. When I say unemployment, the people currently unemployed who might be looking for an opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, And all of those are elements of a good security culture. And I think the webinar that you were referring to, I did speak about the importance of, you know, you can only build a security culture if you understand what your current maturity level is and measure that and one way of measuring it is actually looking at criteria like attitude and responsibility norms all of those things and particularly attitudes you know you can train until the car comes home if the people don't want to hear it they have a negative attitude towards you they will never change their behavior so the first thing you would then have to do is assess okay are we dealing with a positive or negative attitude if it's negative What type of interventions can we use to change that? Like how can we get someone who maybe thinks it's not my problem, it's the IT department's problem, I don't care. How can we change that person's perception and bring them around, so to speak, on our side and then do the necessary training or the necessary awareness intervention to get them to ultimately change their behavior?
0: And I couldn't do with you more. And I think that that's exactly why we positioned this conversation today. And I think there's a lot more that we can talk about. I think what we've done is really uncover the opportunity in the market, both for the employee, but also for the employer. I think there's definitely a role to be played where the unemployed can spend a bit of time in organizations, maybe mentoring or being mentored and seeing what the risks are out there. And I think that there's definitely a lot to be said for the education side to it, but also the handholding. It's not just about, you know, ticking boxes and completing co- compliance training. It's actually more about worldliness and understanding the risks that could threaten your organization that you work for.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if we talk about people looking for career change, for example, even if you're unemployed, in fact, only the other day, I met an amazing young gentleman who was retrenched during the the pandemic. And in that year that he was retrenched, I mean, obviously, he must have had some savings, but he didn't work in that year because he couldn't, but he took the time to do 13 certifications. 13 that's like more than one a month and then he went out and you know just the fact that this this young man does that and is not being beaten up about I'm retrained nobody wants me no against all odds he invested in himself he did those certifications and you know I, I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even be interested in what type of certifications the fact that he did that <laughs> makes him so you know attractive in terms of wow this guy has the right attitude you know and he now has a job luckily and he's very happy working for a security uh, provider and the owner is very happy with his performance and that's the kind of attitude that we need to see or that people will look for when they hire you in fact when I was still I worked for Dimension Data for for many years that's where I started and I remember when we did the hiring because we never, we could never find the skills. So we always hired youngsters straight from university. In fact, once even someone who didn't even go to university, like mm. he was 19 years old or something, and we only hired for attitude and seeing Not how that. do they react, you know, when they've been thrown a curveball, how do they mm. deal within a team under pressure? We gave them little projects to do as part of the interviewing process and how much effort did they put in there. So it's really... Um, it It's important- and most of those that came out on top that were hired, I mean not just most all of them are actually now really hot shot guys They're in the states. There's one I think about jason howland he he started mm-hmm. from fishhook, had no university degree, was this you know young boy who. And <laughs> he got hired to be the spam administrator for one of oh, our really? big customers, like horrible job. But within yeah. three months, he already worked himself up and now he then he got poached by the Americans to become the head of all the solutions architect in North America. He's now at Palo Alto, also some big shots guy at I don't know how old he is now, 29 maybe. But Lovely. it's really nice to see how you know attitudes can take you so far. Yeah.
0: And on that note, and I think you've really hit the nail on the head around attitude, thank you very, very much for sharing that. And I know that you've also shared a number of interesting insights into the opportunities for African girls to join in the cybersecurity industry, the importance of critical thinking, and other aspects around African and youth employment, quite specifically in Africa. So well done, and thank you very much. Know before, Africa, a phenomenal organization that's clearly doing a lot in the right direction. Thank you for your, your attitude. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and Anna Collard, James Russell from Tech Central, I really appreciate your time. And from Tech Central and all the listeners, thank you very, very much.